0: Several weeks ago, three actually, I just had one message on my heart about faith, and I downloaded it on that Sunday. But then Monday, um, I just couldn't get it off my heart, and it just stayed this this thought resonating within me. What is faith? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And so I've wrestled with that, and I've wrestled with that my whole Christian life. Like, what does it really mean, uh, personally? You know, to me, and I just couldn't get away from it. So we've just been holding on this topic. Um, for quite a while, uh, this is week four. And I, I want to say that to say that today may sting a mite, but how many of you know sometimes stinging is okay? It pushes us to what God wants out of us. And I try to be aware and smart about the fact that we all come from different upbringings. We all have different religious tolerances and religious things that we believe, and we're all you know, especially in a room like this where we say we're non-denominational, you know, the label we would be given. is it What that really means is there's Baptists, there's Methodists, there's Agnostics, there's Catholics, there's Recovering Catholics, uh, there's Presbyterians, there's Episcopalians, who all just either, for whatever reason, showed up on the corner here. And so I understand that what I share today may be new to some. It may challenge others. It may stretch you a little bit. Because I want to be uh, understanding that the topic is very difficult in the sense that it, it talks about things that we religious people love to talk about and we label and we put out there. And so it becomes very challenging uh, because on one side of the spectrum, you get people, King James only, that's the only Bible, it's the real Bible, it's the only. You got other people don't get tattoos, do get tattoos. Other people, women, be quiet. No, women should say something because that's why we're all in trouble. Then speak in tongues, don't speak in tongues. So everybody's got their thing. And a lot of times it's the things of that that really distract us from the real core of what is this thing about. And if we can land on that, I think faith becomes a happier journey in life. And it becomes more meaningful to us. So let's just dive in. Uh, You may be challenged today, you may not. You may be stretched a little bit. But I pray at the end that it brings you closer to an understanding of faith. Here's the topic that the scripture Ryan read. Ephesians 4 verse 14. Then you will no longer be immature. The thing we have to come to in God is that immaturity is okay. But when you're still acting like a baby... Ten years into your Jesus walk, something is wrong. You're required to grow up, and that's not a religious statement. It's an expectation for us to grow up. It's no different than our grandbaby Johnny Love. I expect her to be significantly different than Stella, who is my last, who's in her teen years... I expect Stella to be a little different than Olivia, who is our oldest daughter, and I expect Olivia to be slightly different from Robin, who is the mother of all, because they all are in a journey of maturity. The things Robin has worked out, Stella may not have worked out, and Johnny has no clue. The problem is, it's when Robin starts acting like Johnny. Come on, somebody. Mm. Or when I start acting like a three-year-old baby because I got my feelings hurt and I live immature and I think there's a heavy tolerance in Christianity to tolerate immaturity rather than call people higher. Because to call people higher is you don't have the right to judge me. Who are you? You have problems too. And I'm like, dude, we all got problems. But the very fact that I got a problem and that becomes my weakness and excuse for being called to a higher life, something's wrong. Amen. So I think we're all aware that I, I'm not, I've not arrived yet either. I got my own issues. Go ahead, Robin, amen. Amen. <laughs> I got my own. It's not like I'm standing up here like, you know, but, but the thing I will tell you, a little bragging on myself. I am closer to Jesus at 57 than I was at 15. So maturity, if we lose this, that calling people higher is evil, we become a weak, anemic people. I should be able to call people to a higher level without being judged, well, you ain't there yet. And I'm like, no, I'm not there yet. But that doesn't mean we can't call each other out of immaturity. And if you've been walking with Jesus 22 years and you still act like a baby, something is wrong. If you're still getting your feelings hurt and I just can't commit to read the Bible, something's probably wrong. Now, if you're, if you're a year or two in or three years in or four, we don't mind you being an idiot. We all like yeah, We've been there, right? I mean, we've all been there. We've all done stupid stuff but if you're 62 still doing stupid stuff, we're all like, you ought to grow up. All right? Now, 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 that's not a preacher. That's the expectation of the gospel is to call you higher. And this thing of, well, just be patient with me. God didn't finish with me yet. Yeah, but that doesn't give you the right to be a baby for 32 years. Take the bumper sticker off and grow up. So he says, now be careful in the green or you'll be influenced. And you shouldn't be influenced. But you'll be influenced by people who lie and make you think it's the truth. People will lie to you. And it'll sound so real that it'll be true. And that's the culture we're in right now. We are in a culture where it's my truth. I'm like, great, but your truth is stupid. Because that's not even true. It's true to me. That's the problem. Yes, truth is truth if you keep it in your bubble of narcissism. But if you get out of yourself, there is a higher truth than just your truth. And that's what he's bringing us to. That you'll live in a generation that will lie to you, but you will think it's true. Now, in relationship to that and Jesus, what is the goal of being a follower of Jesus? Now, depending on how you grew up, it goes like this. Quit drinking, quit smoking, quit chewing, quit hanging around those that do it. You know, don't, uh, don't watch Harry Potter. Oh, my God, Harry Potter, don't watch that. You'll get demons in your home. Don't do that. You shouldn't drink a beer. Don't have a beer. Well, you can you have wine, but not beer because Jesus drank wine. <gasps> Jesus did not drink wine. That was fake wine. He drank fake wine. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had fake wine. That's right. He turned water into fake wine. That's really impressive. I can do that. <laughs> but that's where we land because Jesus actually having real wine just throws my little mind. I, had to be fake wine fake wine it tasted like real wine ha. so what is he trying does he want you to quit drinking a beer it's like he up there going finally he's down to two cigarettes oh man like is that what impresses him no in the red what he's going for is everybody on your journey of maturity needs to be becoming more like Him. And that happens differently for all of us in different timetables, but we're all to be becoming a little more like Him as we live. We're we're to be becoming more Christ-like the longer I'm on the planet. Not less Christ-like, holding more to His love, but I'm more Christ-like. Like I expect somebody brand new in the door who says, Jesus, I want, I want Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. We're all, oh man, he made a profession of faith. We expect those people to fall apart. We expect them to struggle. We expect them to question things. We expect them to go, well, explain that to me. That's what new people do coming into the faith. So you got people on the left coming in the door and you got people about to be out the door. And and in the middle of the bookends comes religion. Of all the things you can and can't, and can and can't and can and can't do, and then you just need to find a group of people that allow you to can do and you join with them so you all can do. And then you talk about the group over here that says you can't do. And then you die. So the 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 reality of religion is what are we, what should we all be working toward? Whether you have a tattoo, or you smoke a cigar, or you have a beer, or you watch Harry Potter, whatever it is on the spectrum of Jesus following, you allow yourself to do or not do. What is the end goal? And the end goal is, bottom line, man, you should be becoming more like Christ. Not making excuses. And if we all will just get on that journey, me included, like, I need to be on that journey with you. Uh, you know my story. If you've been here long enough, every year, it doesn't always work, but it feels good. Every year I say to my wife, in January 1, and to the girls, you get to pick one thing, you want me to be a better man. One. <sighs> just one. Oh, God, don't load me up. They, sometimes when they were little, they picked easy things. I just want you to swim with us more. Oh, God, that's simple. But to genuinely care, marrying to my wife, I don't just want to look at her every year and go, I just deal with it, honey. I am who I am. This is it. Like, I want to be able to grow old with her and go, that man right there, that little foreheaded man, big old forehead, little pudgy belly, man, every year he loved me better than the year before. Amen. Now, that is what I think Christianity is, is are you becoming more like Him as you journey? So that means this person over here may be dealing with a lot less stuff than you're dealing with, but as long as we're all moving that way. And that's why I try to tell you as a shepherd of this house, I am good with your garbage. You don't have to fake it around me. You don't have to put the cigar down or the beer behind your back or... Or or pretend to be somebody you're not around me. Because I try to be smart enough that we're all just on this journey of life. But at the end of the day, if you hang out with me long enough, hopefully you will say, that old boy, yeah, he's got issues, but he definitely is striving to be more like Jesus. Now here's how that works. So So my goal today is to get everybody thinking in the red. How do you become more like him? And here, here's the thought. It's going to sting him right. If the faith you claim isn't making you more like Christ, then that faith is a lie, no matter how it makes you feel. So I'll let that soak a minute. If you call it faith, but you're not consistently, weekly, monthly, or yearly, becoming a little more like Christ, then I would challenge, is what you have even real faith? Or do you just have what makes you feel good so you can skip hell? Because this is the challenge. And it even sounds judgmental. Who are you to tell me? It's like, dude, I'm not trying to tell you I'm any better than you. I'm saying all of us. Need to be striving to be more Christ-like, and if we're not, then it's fake. Get out. Even Jesus said, "Either get in hot or get out cold. Don't stick in the middle with me." Like, how could Jesus, that died for us, tell us to get out? Because mediocre, half—I say a bad word. <laughs> Man, I literally did. Thank you, God. God. I don't even cuss, and I can just feel it coming up. And, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like, literally, I'm not even trying to have a preaching moment here. Ooh. All right, half-hearted. <laughs> Felt my mother would be proud. You, and, and yet, here's the weird thing. This generation of Jesus followers live their own truth. well, I mean, I just live any way I want. He loves me. Oh, God, yes, He loves you. But is your faith genuine if it's moving you to a higher standard? Well, I don't need some preacher to tell me. It's not about a preacher. It's God calling you to a higher standard. It's the Creator Himself going, come up, son. Come up higher, Mark. Quit living narcissistically selfish, Mark. Come up to another level. And so then I have to... In my relationship with Him, I have to let Him call me higher, and that's sometimes not fun. Because here's my thinking of 33 years of pastoring. When the preacher has to call you higher, it's usually not genuine. Because we put you on a guilt trip. We put it all out there for you, get you guilty that you can't live this holy standard. But when you call yourself up higher, something shifts. When out of your passion for him, you're like, God, man, whatever garbage is in my life, get it out. I just want to know you. I just want to be closer to you. I, it has nothing to do with a preacher or whether or not you're on some special team at the church. It comes out of a genuineness. Here's the, I put this in a graphic so it makes sense in the graphic. I, I put a triangle with the word faith in the middle because there's such weird beliefs about faith. Some people think faith is what you, me, in the right-hand corner, what I think about God. That's faith. What do you think about God? But really, genuine faith is not what I think about God, but also what does God think about me? It's a two-way street. But if I call it faith, I can't just think what I think about God and then ask what He thinks about me. I have to ask what I think about Jesus. Jesus. But then genuine faith doesn't just ask what I think about Jesus. It comes back and goes, what does Jesus think about me? But then if I'm thinking about Jesus, I have to ask, well, what does Jesus think about God? Because what Jesus thinks about God is what God thinks about Jesus. What Jesus thinks about me is what I think about God. But what I also think about Jesus, but what Jesus and God both think about me, that is genuine faith. It has nothing to do with what culture says is true. It has everything to do with what God and Jesus are in a covenant Kind of relationship where what you think about him matters, but he comes back and go, dude, Mark, I'm glad you think I'm Yahweh, but I think you're a jerk and you need to change. Oh, God, don't do that. Mark, I'm glad you think Jesus is the king of the world, but right now you serve Satan more than you do him. Oh, you're right. Like, I don't want God in my business. I want a one-way arrow. What I think about God and what I think about Jesus and live my own truth, man. And I'm like, okay, 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 back it up. They have thoughts about you. Right. Now that is how, if I was going to stand on the stage and debate, I would debate faith from this. You could stay on it forever. The truths we could pull about Christ and God and self and intertwine them all together. But I would like to say this. It's almost, well, it's not almost. It is impossible to have faith outside this triangle. You can't do it. Not genuine biblical faith. It it forces us to reconcile issues that need reconciling. So let's try it. Let's just go around the triangle and see in the most simplistic way if we could take the mess of being more like Christ and what that looks like and we could uh, ground zero it. Like Let's just get the common denominator. It applies to everybody in the room no matter what your denomination is, we'll just take this journey of life, we'll downplay it to the common denominator to all of us. Let's see if we can find I think if we can, faith becomes more meaningful. Here it is. This is what was in my heart. Scripture. This is the message we heard from Jesus. So there's the bottom left corner. Now the message He tells you, there's the right-hand side. Here's the message He tells you. So Jesus, left of the triangle is downloading information to you right of the triangle, but the message he's giving you is from God to you, so you think differently about God. And here's the message. God is light. That is ground zero of the Christian faith. God is light. You want to simplify it? Simplify it right there. God is light. Period. That's it. God is light. Now, most Christians, I won't say most, Many Christians today, by Christians, follow, claiming to follow Jesus. Put a period at the end of God is life. Me, Jesus and God, man, we just, we got a thing going, I love Him. But every, I checked them, every Bible continues the sentence. Every one of them, you can't even, even the New Age versions. There's a New Age Bible. Even those. Written by the devil himself to confuse you. Even those won't let you put a period here. And this is what they all say. In God, top of the triangle, how much darkness exists in Him? None. It's not optional. It's not up for debate. Zero. None at all. There's no darkness in God, period. Now, everybody in the room is just amen that. Well, I say everybody. It sounded like it. Like we all like. Hey, God, is light. Yeah. Like, good. So, every, is every, before I move on, is everybody good that God is light at the top of the triangle? How much darkness is in the God that created it? Nada. Here's the scripture. I'll just give you a scripture so you don't think I make it up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and what's covering? Darkness. And in the blue, what is the Spirit doing? Hovering Hovering over the surface of the water. And most many Christians live in verse 1 and 2 and call that faith. They live in a place where they believe in God, yellow. They believe God created it. But they're very content to live in darkness and just have God hover over the darkness rather than change it. In other words, I want an experience with God where I can look through my darkness and go, hey, you are God, but I don't want Him to do anything about my darkness. I just want Him to hover over my little dark ways and applaud me in my life. Now, this is before a human came around. What God is going to teach me about the top of the triangle is, this is bad English, I'm using it though, I ain't into business for letting darkness stay in my kingdom. That's good. Amen. Before a human came and blew it. God established top of the triangle. I am not in the business of allowing a hint of darkness in anything I do. That's good. So how it all started before Adam, verse 3 in the, in the pink and red. God said what? Let there be light. There be light. Now who is light? God is light. What did God say? Let there be? So the very beginning of it all, just to show you how faith works, God saw the darkness and said, well, let there be me. He inserted himself at the top of the equation. At the top of everything we call faith sits God who is the definitive of darkness or light. He defines it for us. It's himself. He goes on to say this. Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light was good. And what did he do? Separate. Yeah, he didn't tolerate it. He didn't say, well, let me just leave a little bit of darkness, a little bit. No, he separated it. They cannot exist together. Right. You have to get in your mind. Impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible for God, darkness and light, to dwell together. Amen. Can't happen. Amen. Well, it gets more Interesting. John chapter 1, insert left of the triangle. Here's Jesus. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought what? To everyone. In other words, nobody gets out of it. You're going to all face it. The light shines where? But He wants you to know one thing, darkness cannot stop this. So top of the triangle is light and no darkness at all. Insert Jesus before you came around the equation of faith to figure out what you believe. Jesus comes in, common denominator, and says, look, here's how it goes. I'm light, just like Paul, and there's no darkness in light. The problem with this is when we deal with the left-hand side of the equation, Jesus. Go ahead and put the next verse up. I'll show you. The one who is the true light, Jesus, gives light to everyone that was in the world. He came in the very world he created, light, let there be light. But the world didn't want. All right, now this is what's weird. Because people take Jesus who is light as well, who tolerates zero darkness, and we read the Gospels, but the weird thing about the Gospels is darkness is touching him all the time. Darkness is always there. Oh, he ate with sinners, remember? Oh, he sat with the adulterous prostitute woman. Like, yes, he did. He, he was there. But in every one of them, it was the ones that recognized him that the darkness began to be dealt with. And it's the one that didn't recognize him, just peace out, I got my bread and fish, I'm out of here. But he did come to distinguish that there was light to humanity. It would weird people out. They'd be like, he's different. He's something, oh, he's weird. He's, he's of the devil. He's, he's got powers we don't know of. Because darkness was trying to figure this thing out. Now, one thing I know about humans is, rather than just light being light, we'd love to categorize light. Put it in our religious boxes. He's God. No, he's not God. He's a prophet. No, he's not a prophet. He's the devil. No, he's not the devil. He's Beelzebub. Lord of the flies. Yes, that's him. We need to do that. Because it's just too rude to just dark and light, and, but here's what's strange: this is where we start dealing with me and you now. Seemingly, God is okay with no light and dark, or no darkness with light. Jesus seems to be, but the equation of the triangle included us. Here, show you how awesome we are. Next verse, and the judgment is based on this fact: Genesis one, God's light came into the world. John 1, God's light came into the world. Welcome to humans. But we just love the darkness more. I I like my darkness. I just love darkness. It's weird, like how could you introduce God and then we love our darkness more? Like I didn't think God cared about our actions, but he pulls it in and he says... You love your actions more than you love me. And then he comes in and says, just be honest. You refuse to come near the light because it's going to expose you. Oh, expose what? What are you trying to expose God? Bottom line, pink. It hurts, but it's just truth. Is it because to be a real Jesus follower prays the hardest prayer? It's what does God want out of me? Not what do I want out of him, which is most of the Gospels. Most of the Gospels are people, darkness, coming to light, trying to get something out of him. My daughter's sick. My servant is home. My baby's dead. My daughter's dead. Bartimaeus is blind. We got to get it out of you to us. What can you do for us? But remember, uh, oh gosh, this is a whole other sermon, but I'll throw it out there for those of you that like to study. Remember in the boat when they're rowing for everything they're worth in a storm, trying to do, they like, dude, go wake him up. They wake him up. He's like, oh, what? Oh, the boat's like this. He's like, what, fellas? We're going to drown. Don't you even care that we drown? And Jesus, I don't know how he does it, he went from the back of the boat to the front. And he says, "Hey, hey, 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 ho, hey, peace. Be still." Okay, this is easy. I wish that was the end of the story. And he just went back to sleep. No, not Jesus. He turns around Mark Evans' translation of the Bible. You little dummies stupid little men of no faith at all. You weak, anemic little men of faith. Like, what? Like we're dying here and you, ch- you want to challenge me? Because here's the thought that I've landed on that I think is the problem with a lot of Christians today. Dark faith is the faith that Christ lives for what I want And I love Christ in my darkness. In other words, I just want to be more like me. My truth, my ways, and I want Him to love me. And I want Him to bless me and fix me and help me and and just make me a better me. That is dark, weak faith. I'm not saying He doesn't like helping us. Of course He does. But the reality of true biblical faith is I start living for what Christ wants. And I love Christ and separate myself from darkness because I want to be more like Him. My goal is to become more like Him so that I begin to ask the self on this journey of Mark Evans' life, I'm not perfected yet, but I want to wake up every week and go, I want to be more like Him this week than I was last week. Am I perfect yet? No. But I'm striving to go to a higher standard. I'm striving to learn how to be more like Him, to smell like Him, and to look like Him to other people. And when people think of Him, or they see me, they think of Him. I want people to know Him because of my life. And if that means I've got to suck it up, if that means I have to humble myself, if that means I have to serve people I don't like, if that means I have to get up in the middle of the night and go love on somebody or try to help a woman get through a problem or a man get through a problem, God, count me in, man. I want to be here for you. I want to be on planet Earth to be more like you. Versus young Mark, I don't know why don't you ever answer my prayer. You never do do anything for me. I, 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 thank God He was patient with me. Like, oh gosh, you again, dear Jesus? Here, huh? yeah, Lord, I'd love to use you one day, son, but it's just always about you. So that where I think God is taking us is not don't drink, don't smoke, don't you, don't hang around those that do, or watch Harry Potter. I think God is taking me in my journey. And everyone who knows me, can they say of me that I have become more like Christ? Daddy, will your children say of you, in all of his quirkies and weirdness, and sometimes he has some meltdowns, but my father is not the man he was a month ago or a year ago. He's more like Jesus today than I remember him being before or are you just a guy that quotes the Bible, gives the verses and everything, but you're still a jerk, you're still rude, you're still apologizing all the time. Well, just be patient with me. I just, it's me, it's just me. I, well, come on. Your children ultimately got, Dad, it's been you for 17 years. When, is, when will it be God. When will you stop making excuses for your addictions and your habits? And when will you own up and become a man and just go, I want to be more like, I'm not perfect, fellas, but I'm going to be more like Jesus next month, more like Jesus next year. I'm not perfect yet, girls. I've tried to be a good father to y'all, but I hope you can say of me every year I get a little older that daddy's a little more godly and like God and represents Jesus and loves mom better than he did the year before. And I hope they say the same of their mother. That is the goal of our faith. And if I get irritated with front door faith because I'm back door faith, we don't get anywhere. We just nitpick each other all the time. We just have to go, we're all on a journey. As If you're at the front or the back, are we all striving just to be more like Him? Now here's the verse, because this is where it stings. Now this is us. God is light. Jesus is light. In God, there's no darkness. Oh, gosh, here we go. Jesus, there's no darkness. And now somebody had to go write Thessalonians. <laughs> yes. Here's Thessalonians. For you, Mark, ah, yellow, are children of the light. What are you talking about? What, that, that's totally different than I'm a Christian who doesn't want to go to hell. I'm a child of the light. Well, if you're a child of the light, Mark, and you're claiming to be in the light, and you're calling yourself a Christian, you're telling people you're following me, and you're wearing a what-would-I-do bracelet, well, what I would do, Mark, is live like a child of the light. You're tolerating darkness, Mark. You're you're, you're letting things in your life rob you of me. You're distracted. You want me to live for you rather than you live for me. Mark, I was good with that when you were in your 20s and 30s, but boy, you're rolling up on 60. Grow up, son. It's time to get out of the spiritual basement and become a man and become bold for me. This just tolerate you and your habits and your weaknesses, and then you throw it up to me like, oh, he's just a good God of grace. Stop using my grace, Mark, for your slack of sloppy living. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, you're right. Like those are the things I have to come to. But then this weird phrase in the green, we don't belong to darkness. How many people in Christianity are tolerating dark things in their life? And by darkness, I mean they're not waking up going, I want to be more like Christ. That's what I mean. I'm not I'm saying you're smoking a cigar or having a beer. Ooh, dark. Ugh. He just had a ooh a stout beer. Ugh. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you wake up and with a beer in your hand in the morning, which I think is strange, but you do it anyway. You start out with the hard stuff. At that moment, of glug, 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 at least at the end of the last chug, you're like, God, I just want to be more like you. I just want to give you my heart and my soul, right? In that journey, somewhere in your life, God will touch the darkness to pull you more like him. And that may be, son, lay off that, move it to the end of the day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mark, you're waking up, first thing you do is hit the bottle, son. Move that to about 6 o'clock. Okay, man, you got it. Like, why would God just not get rid of it? Because he's God. He's trying to get you just to want to be more like Him. The goal of today is don't let me talk you into being more like Him. You'll become religious. Just start asking yourself, what do I need to do to be more like Him? That's what I I want to know, what I can do to be more like Him. Don't ask your wife, she'll pick something different. (laughs) She's got nine things you could do right now to be more like Him. I'm like, oh God, don't tell her I'll have too many of them. She'll be like, well, all you need to be more Jesus likes, pick up your underwear, wash the dishes, wash, you know, just pick up, move the car, take the garbage out, take the garbage. I don't even, okay, I'm going to go on a wives. This is for wives. Take the garbage out, and they take it out. They tie it nice. They get it all nice and packed, and then they set it right beside the trash can on the floor. you well, you just took that out and laid it, six inches away from where it was in a bag on the floor. What is that? Now, every man knows that's the sign. To take that bag and move that. So if you ask your wife, what can I do better? Take the trash out now. Not in five days from now. Now. Get your stuff off the floor now. Right? That's what. Men, we want her to be more like Christ we don't ask her a lot. We want you naked and bring us some food. That's it. That's all we want. We're simple. You want me more like Christ? Just, just be naked and bring me pizza. I'm good. I don't need a lot. I've got a lot of rules for you. Like if we're going to argue, we all have what we want to be more like Christ. But the man that wakes up and goes, God, I know she wants my underwear up. And I know, so just tell me what to do. I'll do it. And then all of a sudden a little voice Sounds just like her. (laughs) Pick your underwear up, son. (laughs) Take the trash out. Oh, God. (laughs) But if we all just start praying it, I just want to be more like him. I'm tired of being frustrated and tired all the time figuring it out. I would challenge how many of us anyway wake up and the first thought we have is, Lord, I want to be more like you today. Like the start of my day. God, help me be more like you. Here's the next verse. For with the Lord's authority I say this, verse 18, their minds are always full of darkness, they wander far from God, they close their minds, they harden their heart, and they have no sense of shame. It becomes real clear that humans just love darkness and God at the same time. We love you to tolerate us As a matter of fact, the way we can tolerate darkness is we just change all the darkness so that there's no shame anymore. Because we don't want to be confronted. Final verse. But that's not what you learned about Christ. Truth comes from Him. Verse 24 in the blue. Put on your new nature. This created like God. And in the pink, I hate it. It's It doesn't call me lower it calls me higher it doesn't tolerate my little terrible anemic ways it calls me to two things righteous and holy how would would Mark define righteous and holy I know how my religious mind would do it but in my faith walk righteous and holy is I want to be more like Christ every day that's righteous I want to be more like him that's holy I want to be more like him Religion is, holiness is, don't you get a tattoo, don't you cut your hair, don't you cuss, don't you go to the movies, don't drink a beer, don't don't smoke, don't, don't cat, 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 cat. and if we don't do any of that, then you're holy. And there's a lot of people doing doodly squat who aren't being more like Christ. There's a lot of people who ain't smoking or drinking, but they're racist. You know, So, but if I wake up and go, God, I want to be more like you. I'm not caught up in what you do for me. I'm caught up in what I can do for you. Brittany, will you stand? I asked her if I could pick on her. She brought the entire book of Genesis in Braille. Would you just hold it up? This is Brittany. Thank you. You can put it down. Um, Come here. I'm going to come get you and grab your hand, so I'm coming. Come this way. She's precious. Uh, Turn around this way. Isn't isn't she beautiful? So... (laughs) She has become one of my dearest friends. I look for her every week, and I always sing to her. I sneak up behind her and go, it's just me. And she laughs, but she's blind. And every week, I watch her worship and shout and praise Him. And my wife and girls took her out to lunch one day, and they were talking about her, and they were chatting about life. And they were talking about her being blind. And she said something that changed my life, literally. (laughs) Because most times dark faith is why, 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 me, me, me. And what she simply let out of her mouth is she said, Oh, I'm blind, but I have something you don't have. She said, I have something different because the first thing I'll ever see will be him. I love you. You You can be seated. (laughs) When I heard that, I thought, God, I'm not there yet. God, gee, it just it convicted me of I want to be like that. I want to be where I'm not hung up on me, 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 me. Oh God, what a story that the first thing I see is you. And then it made me realize that maybe I have eyes, but I don't see. Like she, maybe I, maybe she does have something Mark doesn't have. Like every time I tell her story, I just cry. I told it in my girls last night, and I was crying. Every time I watch her worship, I cry. I, every time she smiles, I cry because it makes me go. She sees something I don't see, but yet she's blind, and I'm not. And I, because the first thing I see is my heartache, my trouble, my. My irritations, my immaturity, my frustrations. It's the first thing my eyes open up and they see, the dirty clothes, the laundry, the dishes, the people in front of me oh, that won't go through the red light. Oh, they irritate me because I, I've never closed my eyes long enough to just find the joy in, in knowing Him. Amen. Oh, God, what a joy. To hear her testimony that her joy is not in the bitterness of being blind. Her joy is in the first thing I see will be Jesus. Oh, that is a joy. A joy that I want on planet Earth. A joy. So when I talk about more of Christ, I'm just talking about you waking up and saying, God, the first thing I see today, let it be you. When I have a problem, let the first thing I think be you. When, I, when I'm frustrated, let the first thing out of my mouth be you. When, when I'm irritated and I'm giving myself excuses, let the first thing that comes is, is you, God. And if we all will do that, I think we'll be a better group of people. I think more people would want to follow Jesus. If we're all just waking up, Can you imagine how many people at your work are waiting to meet that person? It's just going, I want more of him, man. If, I, if that means i got to get out of bed earlier or give more or help more, man, count me in, God. I just want to be more like you. Amen. I'm going to tell you a brief story. I'll keep you a little long, but you love me, I hope. right? I, I, I like to try to get you out, but I want to tell you one story that may make it meaningful. Robin and I go on a date every week. And on that date, I will typically uh, will have pre-dinner a drink. She may get a glass of wine and I may get a beer. I don't like wine, but I may have a beer. My, my grandfather was alcoholic. So I have to be very careful that I don't allow a, a freedom to turn into an addiction. So I have to live very godly with it and I try to live a godly life. And so because some people know that, hey, Mark, he'll, he'll drink a beer every now and then. I had a friend of mine say, hey, you need to go buy this brewery, it's really good, and check out a beer, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I don't mind, I, I'll go do that, and so I was on my way home one day, headed toward Villa Rica, I was on my way home, and I, I thought, well, I'll go buy, they wanted me to try it, I'll try it, I never mind, and so I pulled in, I stopped, and I went into this little brewery, and I thought, well, I've never been here before, but whatever you got, I'll try that, and they, they gave it to me, and so it's kind of weird anyway, because in the South, if you're a preacher and have a beer, you're going to hell. I know that. Like, you're just going to hell. It's, it's the South. It's just the way I was raised and should never and don't. And so I kind of just thought, okay, let me just go sit in the corner. So I just went over in the corner, kind of like, oh, God, shield me. Just cover me with blindness of other people. And so I'm just sitting there having a the beer. I'm on my phone doing a little work. And they're like, oh, that's a pretty good beer. Okay. And I'm drinking it. And so, oh, like only God can do. I noticed somebody from over, because it, people started filtering in. And now I'm like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, this isn't date night. They're going to think I'm an alcoholic. I just, oh. you know. And so I, he started coming toward me. And I'm like, oh, God. And so he came up and he said, hey. And I was like, yeah. Aren't you that preacher from Believer's Church? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to say, no, that's that's not me. That's <laughs> uh, a guy that looks like me going around, stole my Instagram account, looks just like me. I, it's going to be weird. I mean, he's got a big forehead like me and everything. So I said, yes, it's me. So now I kind of feel awkward, like I'm in Villa Rica. I'm in a bar, kind of a well, brewery, and I, yeah, that's weird. And so I just thought, okay, here it comes. It's going to be some weird conversation about preachers and but I was ready. I thought if you're going to go, you'd be mature. And so I was sitting there. He said, "I want to tell you something." I said, "Okay, lay it on me." He said, "I came and visited your church." And he said it was incredible because I noticed one thing about you. And I said, "What is that?" He said, "You're genuine. You're a genuine man of God, and I wanted to come over here and tell you he said, most people who are a man of God would never even walk in an establishment like this. But I want you to know that I see Jesus in you and God in you. And here's the weird thing. He said, and my son goes to your church. And he said, he's always talking about the things you say and you're changing his life. I, I said that to say, it would have been a lot different testimony had I been doing coyote ugly on the bar. Might have got some money, but still. I said that to say, I'm not asking you to go out of here and pretend to be something you're not. I'm asking you to walk out the door and wake up and go, whatever you do, would you be more like Christ? Whatever you do, would you just be more like Christ? And in that alone, I think we can change hearts to come to the light of Jesus Christ. Stand up and let me pray for you. I hope that helped you a little bit. Uh, Here's the conclusion if you'll look up. And then I'm going to give you a scripture. I, I sat last night, like, how could I wrap this up? That could give you just a little nugget. And I wrote this out. What does Jesus want? That's light faith, asking what He wants from me. He wants you to stop mixing your darkness with His light while you claim to love Him. That's all I'm going to leave you with. Now by that, here's what I mean. What do you mean mixing? I mean you wake up and just begin to say, God, I want to be more like you. And if you'll pray that every day, it will be life-changing. Here's a scripture, and I'll pray for you, and we'll come to communion. Jesus says to the church, as you walked away from your first love, why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea how far you've fallen? Oh, Lucifer, fall. Turn back. Your your dear early love, recover it. Would you bow your heads?